booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Prince Charles, now King Charles III, following the death of his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, at the age of 96. The DOJ is appealing a judge's ruling appointing a special master to review material seized by the FBI in the Mar-a-Lago raid. Trump ally Steve Bannon pleads not guilty to fraud charges in New York related to the We Build the Wall campaign. Criminal justice advocates rallied Wednesday calling on the New York City Council to abolish the NYPD's gang database. New poll out finds declining support for former President Trump's Make America Great Again campaign following President Biden's verbal attack on Trump supporters in Philadelphia. Gathered outside of Buckingham Palace following the death of Queen Elizabeth II, a rainbow appeared over the palace. Britain's longest reigning monarch died Thursday at the age of 96. She'd served as queen for some 70 years following the sudden death of her father, King George VI. Twelve days of mourning are underway. The queen's eldest son, Prince Charles III, immediately became king upon the queen's death. New British Prime Minister Liz Truss met with the Queen at Balmoral Castle in Scotland two days before the Queen's death. Through thick and thin, Queen Elizabeth II provided us with the stability and the strength that we needed. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, and that spirit will endure. A date not yet announced for King Charles III's coronation. The Department of Justice on Thursday filed a notice of intent to appeal a ruling appointing a special master to review documents seized at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate on August 8th. The DOJ is asking for a partial stay of the order, which prohibits them from access to materials seized, at least temporarily. The appeal will be considered by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which includes six Trump appointees. Former U.S. Attorney Andrew Weissman on MSNBC. But this is a very, very strong brief saying, how can somebody like Donald Trump have any, any interest in any possessory interest in classified documents? He can't. They belong by definition to the government, not to a private citizen. The bulk of the DOJ's argument for a partial stay of federal Judge Aileen Cannon's reasoning for a special master relies on the impact her decision could have on national security. The Trump legal team and the DOJ have been given until today to make recommendations on who should be appointed as a special master. The final decision is up to Judge Cannon. Former President Donald Trump's longtime ally, Steve Bannon, pleaded not guilty to New York State charges of duping donors who donated money to build a wall on the U.S.-Mexico southern border. Defense lawyer David Schoen entered the plea for the 68-year-old Bannon at his arraignment Thursday. Charges against Bannon include money laundering, conspiracy, and fraud related to the We Build a Wall campaign. Here's Bannon as he was escorted by police. For every conservative 
This is what happens in the last days of the dying regime. They will never shut me up. They'll have to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. An earlier federal prosecution on similar charges ended before trial when then-President Trump pardoned Bannon. Bannon is the second person to be pardoned by Trump and later charged by the Manhattan DA's office for the same alleged conduct. New York City criminal justice advocates yesterday called on the New York City Council to abolish the NYPD's gang database. It lists some 18,000 suspected gang members. Advocates decry the database as a new stop-and-frisk policy on the steps of Brooklyn Borough Hall. This person is a member of the Gangs Coalition, a grassroots criminal justice reform group, protesting outside Brooklyn City Hall yesterday. There's a generational issue when it comes to police telling us what it means, what we need. Majority of these police officers don't even live in our neighborhood. How are you telling us what resources we actually need when we're telling you what we need? While the NYPD has called the database a critical tool in preventing gang-related shootings, activists said it is a digital dragnet that unfairly subjects people of color to more surveillance and prosecution. Former NYPD Police Commissioner Dermot Shea testified in 2018 that 99% of the listed members in that database were either black or Latino men. A new Reuters-Ipsos poll finds that a majority of Americans, including one in four Republicans, think former President Donald Trump's Make America Great Again movement is a threat to America's democratic foundations. The poll was done following President Biden's blistering speech in Philadelphia. On September 1st, Biden addressed the nation from the steps of Independence Hall, calling out Trump and his most loyal supporters. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. 59% of respondents said Biden's speech will further divide the country. Biden administration will make it easier for low-income immigrants to become permanent U.S. residents. The Department of Homeland Security announced Thursday that a DHS regulation, which will take effect December 23rd, will codify Long-standing standards that dictate when immigrants can be considered an economic burden on the country or a public charge. An immigrant found to be a public charge would be disqualified from obtaining permanent residency or even a green card. Former Citizenship and Immigration Services Chief under former President Trump Ken Cuccinelli back in 2019. Importantly, this final rule has no impact on humanitarian-based immigration programs for refugees and asylees. No impact on refugees or asylees. And it clarifies the exemption for trafficking victims and victims of domestic violence. The Biden administration's new rules represent a very significant departure from those put in place by former President Donald Trump on who falls into that category. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser declared a public emergency yesterday. It's over the number of illegal immigrants heading to the nation's capital. They are being sent by the Texas and Arizona governors, both states overrun by migrants. An estimated 78,000 illegal immigrants are crossing the U.S.-Mexico border each and every day. And Texas has shipped almost 10,000 of them to the nation's capital. Mayor Bowser's declaration allocates $10 million of taxpayer money to create a new office of migrant services.
So we look forward to beginning uh, this next chapter in our response. Uh, we recognize that we don't know and we have no control on all that is coming towards the district. Um, but we do uh, have control on how we make sure that our values are present in all that we do. The Office of Immigrant Services will provide support, including things like meals, transportation, medical care, and more. The emergency also authorizes the city administrator in Washington, D.C., and CFO to set aside additional funds to be spent as they see fit in response to the immigrant crisis. Well, heading to Las Vegas now, Clark County Public Administrator Robert Rob Tellis, a Democrat, was taken into custody at his home by SWAT officers in connection with the stabbing death of Las Vegas Review a Journal reporter Jeff German, according to the county sheriff's office. German had done articles on the chaos within Tellis's office, causing Tellis to lose the election in June's primary. Clark County DA Steve Wolfson spoke to KTNV in Las Vegas. No violence against anyone is acceptable. When somebody uh, is violent against a journalist, that takes on a a special flair, if you will. Um, But this is not the first of its kind. These things have happened. Germans uh, ended up reporting on complaints of administrative bullying, favoritism, and Tellus's alleged relationship with a subordinate staffer in the county office that handles property of people who die without a will or family contacts. Tellus was a lawyer who practiced probate and estate law. He'd won his elected position in 2018, replacing a three-term public administrator, but then lost his June party primary to assistant public administrator Rita Reed. President Joe Biden is gaining some ground from historically low polling numbers. A new Yahoo News YouGov poll out now shows President Biden leading former President Donald Trump in a hypothetical 2024 rematch, 48 to 42 percent. Back in March, President Biden said he was up to running against Trump in 2024 while speaking at NATO. The next election, I'd be very fortunate if I had that same man running against me. The survey was done immediately after a combative primetime speech last Thursday in which President Biden blasted Trump and the MAGA Republicans as extremists who threatened the very foundations of our republic. The poll surveyed some 1,634 U.S. adults and was done from September 2nd to September 6th. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken paid an unannounced visit to Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, on Thursday. In Kiev, Blinken said the administration would provide $2.8 billion in additional long-term military financing to Ukraine and 18 of its neighbors, potentially at risk of future Russian aggression. We know this is a pivotal moment. Um, More than six months into Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, as your counteroffensive is now underway and Proving effective. The funding is on top of a $675 million package of heavy weaponry, ammunition, and armored vehicles for Ukraine alone, announced by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, earlier in the day. The United States, to date, has funneled nearly $16 billion in aid to Ukraine since Russia invaded Ukraine back on February 24th. Albanian counterterrorism police searched the empty Iranian embassy in Tirana yesterday, the search hours after Iranian diplomats burned papers inside the premises following the severing of diplomatic ties over a cyber attack. 
77 WABC News Time, 5.15, and time for Justin Ellick with sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Uh, yes, football is back, and all is once again right in the world. What a showing last night out of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills as this year's betting favorites to win the Super Bowl marched into California and demolished last year's champion in the Los Angeles Rams. There's a ton of pressure on Buffalo to live up to the hype this year, and they did just that in week one, grabbing a 31-10 to win at SoFi Stadium, despite the contest being nodded at 10 come halftime. Josh Allen went for 297 and four touchdowns through the air, and the Buffalo defense registered seven sacks on Rams QB Matthew Stafford and route to the win. Look out for both the Jets and Giants to open up their seasons come Sunday afternoon. The Jets will welcome the Baltimore Ravens as seven-point dogs at 1 p.m. Eastern, and the G-Men open up as five-and-a-half-point underdogs in Tennessee against the Titans at 425. Out to the Diamond now, where the Yanks suffered a crushing loss. Uh, excuse me. Suffered a crushing series finale loss to the Minnesota Twins by a score of 4-3. to three. Despite the offense continuing to sputter, the Yanks had gone into yesterday's contest toting a four-game winning streak, though still unable to pick up any ground on a still surging ALE second-place Rays team. That fact sunk in extra deep last night as the Bomber loss shrunk New York's divisional cushion by a half game, giving Tampa Bay's night off. Here was manager Aaron Boone following the nail-biting loss. Yeah, I mean, you know, we still had our chances. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. You know, just came up a little bit short. Yeah, you got that right, uh, Skipper. With the lead now sitting at just four and a half games, the Yankees will open up a gargantuan three-game set with the aforementioned Rays in the Bronx tonight. It'll be Frankie Montas getting the nod for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch against Tampa's Drew Rasmussen. As for the Mets, they were off last night but opened up their weekend series against the Marlins in Miami tonight at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. Their lead in the NL East sits at just a half a game. They have yet to name a starter to go up against Miami's Edward Cabrera. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here are the early news sports update. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Big sports weekend coming up and taking a look now at your financial report. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks on a two-day win streak. Inflation concerns for Kroger earnings. SpaceX and Apple may partner. Wall Street putting together a modest win streak at the tail end of a short trading week. Stocks coming off two winning sessions, two massive swings on the Dow Jones Industrials. Investors seem to be looking past rate hike fears, at least in the short term. Kroger reporting second quarter earnings. Wall Street targeting an 8.5% revenue increase. Higher food prices expected to boost results the full year outlook could be less rosy, however. Economists expect more supply chain issues. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk says he's had promising conversations with Apple regarding space connectivity. The iPhone maker just unveiled new emergency satellite messaging technology on the newest cell phone models. Musk suggesting that his satellites could be a part of Apple's plans to expand that technology. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Right, stock future is pointing to a third day of gains ahead of next week's inflation report. The uh, Dow futures up 238 points this morning at 32,099, up three quarters of a percentage point. S&P up 31 and a half. The Nasdaq's climbed 123 and a half points. Gold's up $17.60. Announced at $1,737.80. Crude oil at $84.82 a barrel this morning, up a dollar twenty-eight. 
It's the WABC Early News. News time uh, 520, the uh, second part of our interview with former New York Governor George Pataki coming up at 550 ahead of Sunday's 21st anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. New Yorkers reacting to the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The death of Queen Elizabeth at 96 has left many New Yorkers sad, no doubt, but they'll never forget what an inspiration she's been to the world. She was a good woman, you understand. She was a mother to everybody, to the whole world. So our demise is a big blow to everybody. She was a public figure who dedicated 70 years of her life, even longer. So I think anyone who does that... Um, you have to have some respect for. Mayor Adams ordering flags on public buildings lower to half staff. In Midtown, I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. An 82-year-old Queens man on car sing viciously beaten and robbed by two suspects. This happened Monday about 9 in the morning near the intersection of 112th Street and Liberty Avenue. Two robbers came up from behind sing, beating him, refusing to stop, even though he offered money to his attackers. Singh said he does not think it was a racial or biased crime, but rather a sign of the gradual increase in crime in his neighborhood. Singh's son, Gurpreet, is outraged. Still, someone comes and hits you and robs you. It looks like it's not a safe place. We need justice. That's the reason we filed a complaint. So I hope that police do their job. One neighbor told PIX11 that detectives told him they were tracking Ankar Singh's phone, but it has since gone dark and investigations ongoing. Police have identified the 15-year-old who was fatally shot at McLaughlin Park in Brooklyn Wednesday afternoon during a half-day of class at Laboratory High. Investigators think Unique Smith's killing was gang-related. A school-aged suspect walked up to Smith, asked him for his gang affiliation, and a physical altercation had ensued. Smith was fatally shot in his stomach. The school released a statement saying student safety was their top priority. Here's NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essig. He was sitting on the bench with two females when two males approached. Words were exchanged and a fist fight ensued. The male is described all black and a black mask, removed a firearm, firing one time striking our victim. Both males were described as school age. No arrests have been made. The investigation ongoing as of this morning. EMS transported Smith to Methodist Hospital where he was pronounced dead. And police say there were nearly 30 other people in that park at the time of this killing. They're asking anybody with information to come forward and call 1-800-577-TIPS. Two weeks after being hospitalized following a violent attack while jogging, NYPD officer Muhammad Choudhury was released from Jacoby Hospital yesterday. To cheers from family and colleagues, the 48-year-old off-duty officer was attacked the morning of August 23rd while he was jogging along Olmsted Avenue in the Bronx. He ended up suffering a fractured skull and brain bleeding as a result of that attack. Choudhury is an 18-year veteran of the NYPD assigned to the Central Park Precinct where he's highly regarded. Here's PBA President Pat Lynch. We'll put the cuffs on them. We'll put the case together. We'll try to get justice for our police officer and these other police officers from Central Park, it could be any of them. The rest of the justice system needs to do their part. Two of the four suspects in the beating and robbery are under arrest. Hours before his hospital release, the NYPD took his 16-year-old into custody in the Bronx. And last month, police arrested 18-year-old Oshwan Logan in connection with the attack. 
Choudhury wasn't uh, taken home. He's actually at a rehab center now, the next step on his road to recovery. That's Gregory Fleetwood's perp walk, a 66-year-old Bronx man now indicted Fleetwood in the 1996 strangulation death of a pregnant woman. The break in this case, all thanks to forensic testing that recently matched Gregory Fleetwood's DNA to DNA found under murder victim Jasmine Porter's fingernails. Fleetwood was arraigned earlier this week on a second-degree murder charge in the February 5th, 1996 choking death of 36-year-old Porter in her Morris Heights apartment. Her five-year-old son was in the home alone with his mother's body for some two days before it was discovered. DNA was recovered from under Porter's fingernails as part of the investigation. Fleetwood had a previous conviction for strangling another pregnant woman in the Bronx in 1987. He was remanded following his arraignment, and he's due back in court next week. Well, safety at the forefront at New York City public schools, which opened their doors Thursday across the five boroughs. A new plan's in place to protect kids from violence in schools. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, City Schools Chancellor David Banks, and NYPD Police Commissioner Keychan Soul all on hand at a Bronx school Thursday morning to welcome students back following summer break. Here's NYPD Commissioner Keychant Sewell. We actually put our school safety division on that has direct communication with the police department. There are a number of schools that have panic alarms in the principal's office to be able to get direct contact. But being able to have the presence of the school safety agents in the schools across this city is paramount. The NYPD spent part of the summer training and strategizing for potential attacks at schools similar to what happened at Uvalde, Texas. And as of this year, side doors at New York City's public schools will be locked. And with only one exception, the one entrance will be accessible during the daytime. And additionally, 3,100 school safety agents will be deployed all across the city schools to start this year with about 850 more planned to be in place later this year. Police looking for a brazen robber. They say tackled a 42-year-old into a fruit stand in the Bronx and punched him multiple times in the face before stealing his motorcycle, key, helmet, and sneakers, fleeing the scene, according to authorities. This happened uh, shortly before 11 a.m. August 29th, an investigation ongoing. Well, this year's Venice Film Festival saved one highly anticipated movie about a beloved icon for last. Jacqueline Carl is the story. I know you're supposed to get used to it. And we all lose our job the end. But I just can't. Marilyn Monroe only exists on the screen. The 79th edition of the Venice Film Festival saved one of the most anticipated films for last. Blonde, Andrew Dominic's Marilyn Monroe film starring Anna de Armas. The nearly three-hour epic is based on a work of biographical fiction by Joyce Carol Oates. It examines the public and private life of the Hollywood icon from her troubled childhood as Norma Jean to her global stardom as Marilyn Monroe. The film will be available on Netflix on September 23rd. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline. And Carl. And the second part of our interview with former New York Governor George Pataki at 5.50. And if you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website at wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.